Welcome back to The Naked Connection, the show that helps motivated men build deeper connections and have better communication and sex. My name is Kirsten, and I'm on a mission to help you build meaningful romantic connections so that, yes, you can live a life that is filled with purpose and freedom. What is up, you guys? Today, I am very excited because I have quite a topic for you. Drum roll, please. Multiple full body orgasms. Now you might be thinking, Kirsten, how can men have multiple full body orgasms? And I get that because there's this weird thought out there that men come once and then they're done, at least for a while before you can come again. And meanwhile, women, once they get going, they can come multiple times. But surprise, surprise, that is not the only way. Mm -mm -mm. So hands up if that's something that you're interested in. Okay. I'm assuming that basically everyone that's listening has their hand up because who wouldn't want that? It opens you up to a whole new level of what is possible for you in your intimacy. And I want that for you. The truth is mastering aspects of sex often take different routes and roads to get there. And sometimes when we think about orgasms, we only think about sex. But in reality, there is so much more going on leading up to that point that's involved in this. And that is what this episode is all about. And in order to have this conversation, I invited Jamie Ray onto the show. He is a spiritual teacher, an expert on relationships. He is also a comedian and an artist, so it's going to be a ton of fun. He is here to talk all about the process of healing to become the man that you've always wanted to be, and yes, how to have that epic orgasmic experience. So let's get after it. Jamie Ray, welcome to The Naked Connection. Kirsten, thank you so much for having me on to The Naked Connection. I am stoked to be here and let's fucking light this bitch up. Let's go. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love this. And I I just want to say I appreciate everything that I've encountered with you, the energy that you have and the plainfulness and the realness. It's so refreshing. So Mm. I'm excited to uh, get into it. Let's, let's start off with polarity, polarity 101. What Mm. is it? Why do we care about it? Polarity is just like the sexy shit, right? Like I find, you know, like relationships and polarity, like everyone loves those topics because it's everyone wants it, right? Everyone wants a relationship where Because if you think about like polarity, right, it's being able to operate in your natural source essence, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, I'm a man, I identify with having, you know, like a masculine core or a divine masculine core, even though I have quite a bit of feminine energy as well. And so when I'm able to operate in my masculine pole, it's like I'm operating in the pathway that God wanted me to be in. It's like the natural state. And I almost think of it as being even a little bit primal you know, a little more, you're in that primal energy flow. And so, you know, we talk about polarity, it's really, I think of it as like people operating in the most natural rhythm for their body, right? Whether that be like a feminine core or a masculine core. And in a relationship, you know, when we're able to be in those, those, you know, polarity sort of poles, we're able to download codes to each other. We're able to like, amplify one another in a way in kind of our relationship to source that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Right. So as a man, when I receive feminine energy and say, I have reverence for fucking feminine energy, then I'm like, whoa, my relationship to source 
and God or, you know, the frequency of God, whatever you want to call it, is just like lit on fire because men and women, masculine and feminine energy, they're stronger together than they are apart, right? And so it basically becomes this holy rapture sort of amplification of two people operating their natural source essence, their natural source rhythm, where they're operating kind of the flow that God intended them to. Mm. Interesting. Okay. And I imagine it's like, we have, as you said, that you have both masculine and feminine energy in you. So is it like activating the polarity within you as well as the polarity in another? Yeah. So, you know, and and this will be an interesting thing too, because I I, I know that you said you probably have quite a few men that are going to be listening to this. And so the way that, for example, I teach masculine energy is, for example, let's say that you go to a men's group, right? And like, it's like challenge, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to wrestle and we're going to throw fucking axes. And, th- and that's great. That's great. But usually what's happening is you're building masculine energy off an unintegrated foundation. So that's why when I take men into the divine masculine, I don't do anything with masculine energy. I just deal with their feminine. Because the feminine energy, if we're thinking about working with the divine masculine is more of a descent. It's a descent into the body. It's kind of like, Let's get back to neutral. Let's get back to reality. Let's clear the canvas so the soul can paint with the brush of your divine masculine energy. But we have to clear the foundation. This is why you see like men, they'll go to like a men's group and they'll be like, yeah, like hoorah. And they'll go to their fucking relationship. Their partner's like, I don't fucking trust you. Why don't you fuck me to God? Right. And it's because it's actually not integrated in their nervous system. They're still holding on to so much fear. And so when a man deals with his feminine cords, what he's essentially doing is unlocking the floodgates to the vibrancy and potency of the full breadth of his masculine potential. The same thing with a woman, because I work with both men and women, I'm about 50-50 in my practice. And so when a woman deals with, that's why like I bring them through practices of let's deal with your fucking anger, the masculine, let's go. And then when we unhook those masculine cords, it's like her fucking yoni is just glowing and lit on fire because now she is a frame, an internal frame so that she can drop into her feminine energy in a way where she's finally fucking safe. Okay. This is making so much sense. I have encountered this. They're doing the men's work and they're going to the things. And then when they are in relationship, it just, you're like, where is where's all of that work, you know, and I'm sure vice versa for women, for them to receive that too. So what are thinking like tactically, what are some things sure you can go through axes, but like what else can you do to actually work with that feminine part of themselves? Yeah. And so immediately you say there's two things and like, I'll give an example for, for, for both ends of like Mm -hmm. just really simple, simple things. Maybe one's not so simple for, for the men, but so and this is a process I did with myself where, so for dealing with feminine cords, we have to deal with the maternal ancestral lineage as well, as well as our mom stuff. So that's the whole left side of the body, right? So when I work with men, I'm working on the left side of their body and I'm working on the left side of their body to open up the right side of their body. And so when I work on the left side of the body, the practice is let's look at every single way that our ego has gotten involved in our relationships with feminine energy. 
which is basically there's two parts to it, right? So we think boundaries, there's external and internal boundaries, right? So say an external boundary is I'm talking to a woman or, you know, someone who's in feminine energy. And I recognize certain ways that I've allowed, I'm feeling her and her ego, and I've allowed her to come into my space in a way where that energy is not totally clean. So being able to be like, that doesn't feel good, right? Is that's kind of an external boundary. An internal boundary is me being responsible for my own energy, for looking at the way that my ego gets involved, which is kind of like looking at like my little boy shit. It's looking at codependency, the ways that I seek approval, validation, worthiness through different methods, you know, through different ways that you kind of seek like a little drug, that validation, that little ego hit from the feminine. And this is why so often you see people just like, they can't be alone. They can't hang out in their own energy because they're, they're little, we're all little drug addicts trying to get that little fucking hit <laughs> of, of approval and validation. Right. And so yeah. what, what happens when a man looks at that, his relationship, with the ego, with the feminine, there's two things. He's ready to finally challenge the feminine and he's ready to actually love her. Because if a man can't challenge and kind of like upset the feminine energy, he's not ready to love her. He's not, he's not, he doesn't have a masculine frame. And so then what happens is those chords, just think of them chords, like imagine like a boat, like in Harbor and it's kind of like, you know, unhooking or snapping kind of all those chords. All of a sudden this energy moves down to his energetic cock and he starts to like embody this like holy spear type energy which is like he's like what the fuck's going on it's almost like a manic energy where he wants to kind of fuck shit up and it's because now just what he's doing is through the untangling of feminine cords he's accessing so much more of his primal masculine potential and so this is what happens when a man deals with his feminine first right he's essentially accessing his masculine potential in an energetic breadth of field. And then he can go and like, let's build containers for this. Let's build systems. Let's build structure, discipline, right? And the thing is now this man is already free. So his way of working in the world, he's creating from his freedom. So his energy is directly of service. He's no longer in these ego hooks of needing things. This is why, you know, see men on Wall Street trying to make all this money, chasing fragile masculinity, chasing illusions of freedom. And then now he allows the feminine to be wild, to be everything she is because of the way that he had to meet his own feminine because he unhooked those feminine cords, right? So he just, he allows the feminine just to bloom, but he also has a container for her. Yeah. Wow. I love the way that you just framed all of that. That's really, really beautiful. Yeah. And it makes me think too a little bit about, I've read a little bit of David Data's work and how women are constantly challenging men. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's what you're mildly, perhaps it's connected to when you say, is he ready to face the feminine or, or I don't know exactly how you phrased it, but that's kind of what I was thinking about of like, we're trying to challenge him and maybe he can't hold that yet. Yeah. So, so, you know, and this is going to be, I don't mean it exactly like this and this maybe not the right way, but I'm going to use it anyway. In a way she's testing that he's more powerful than she is. Mm -hmm, Totally. 
in yeah. like an like an energetic sense. She's trying to she's trying to test how much energy can he hold. That's what she's testing, right? So if we think of masculine energy and the divine masculine, the picture I'll give the divine masculine energy is if God sent a pillar from the heavens and it's landing down into the earth and now it grows roots that are going to the center of the earth. So now we're dealing with like both higher, lower chakras and it's a pillar and feminine energy would be like the wind in the ocean kind of crashing all around that pillar, right? And so she's trying to test how much energy can he handle? And in a way she, she wants to test, is he willing to uphold his truth and integrity in his container with whatever she throws at him? Because if that pillar fucking moves, she's like, oh, I got him. He's not powerful enough. And so she's always running these tests and her test even just might be her ego getting out of line. And he's basically like, I'm not going to put up with that shit. You know, that leaky ego energy, you know? So he's, he's going to call her forward in an opening to her like true vibrant self through that pillar, that immovable pillar, because all it does is just like open deeper, 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 because it's so fucking immovable. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine in that state, then the woman feels really secure and safe and then she can open more to him. Completely, completely. So it's almost in a way like, you know, cause I, I think the feminine is the Oracle, but in a lot of ways she's being guided spiritually by him just, but we do it in different ways. Right. So he does it through this very kind of fixed, more immovable anchor sort of energy where the masculine is all about fucking truth right into the center of the earth. We're just going to go truth all because that's what the masculine energy with his mission, he wants to open the world. Right. And so like divine masculine energy will go into the world and they want to just open the world at like, like a global scale, like, 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 like that's, divine masculine energy and so more in the an intimate sort of polarity connection he just wants to open her to ecstasy and he does that through the strength of his container and the amount of energy that he can hold in that container right yeah yeah god this is when you're talking about working with the feminine to work with the masculine it makes me think about so i was an athlete and like if you Mm -hmm. have an injury i had hurt my back on the left side and my physical therapist was like, okay, we need to do all of these things on the right side of your body because for balance. Yeah. Basically it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're out of balance. And so, and I'm thinking, oh, we're going to work on my left side of my back. And he, they're like, no, 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 no. That's actually fine. It's your right side. That's causing all these issues. Yeah. So it's really interesting to think even physically to put that into an example of how by working with the opposite, you strengthen the other side or heal the other side even. Completely. Yeah. So it's like, I'll even like break this down for you, uh, Kirsten, like say, say we're trying to put a, a woman into her womb. Okay. Cause like I work with both men and women and like a very, very simple somatic practice. What I do is I'll start at like a woman's right hip and then we'll take, we'll go about five feet off of her right hip. And I'll just ask her to feel into what the energy feels like there. We want to get to a space where it feels really clear, right? Where the energy, because that's, basically energetically the container of masculine energy in her space right so say say a woman for example had a was sexually abused or something it's going to be like a crazy compression of space on the right hip Mm. right Mm. because and and a constriction of her voice because her power was taken away right Mm. and so when 
women have a lot of unhealed stuff, say, with their dad or with the paternal lineage, which would be that women in the family line were not revered by men. They weren't, um, the women didn't feel safe from the men. Maybe the masculine were abusive, like whatever it might be, right? And so when we feel into that right space, something simple we can begin to do is just create an energetic boundary about five feet off of say her right shoulder or her right hip. Mm. Right. And so we kind of just create a white light and we just say, we just kind of let them know all masculine energy is going to be outside of this space. All the paternal ancestors are going to be outside of this space. And that's your space that you own. Right. Mm. And so now what we're trying to do is just kind of give the body a little bit of decompression. Right. Because when we have a lot of unhealed stuff with masculine energy, we're going to have a compression on the right side of our body. And so mm-hmm. even just that boundary. Right. So this is like women learning to be boundaried with masculine energy mm-hmm. that opens that up. And so now what happens is we can start to heal the right side of our body. And then the feminine energy is waiting until we can trust the safety of that right side. And then we drop into the womb. Mm. But so the womb is waiting for that firm container. And so, so that would be how we would move into our own internal polarity, right? So taking a woman into her feminine, we first have to create a healthy masculine container, which is the easiest access point is her um, wounds with masculine energy. And a really simple example, because I think I said I would, I would give you one for both sides that I deal with women is, and it's really, really simple. Um, say you have a week between sessions or a week, whatever, just look for healthy examples of masculine energy in the world and allow your body to receive it and begin to build an imprint. And in doing that, all her shit with ma- the masculine is going to come up. All her shit with the masculine is going to come up. And now we're kind of, that's an access point to the somatic work. Yeah. I love this example. Let's say that if then if someone is a guy is listening and he's like, I totally understand like what you're saying conceptually. What is something yeah. that I can do myself on my own move through some of this stuff? Yeah. So the biggest thing, right? So it, it all comes down to the safety of our nervous system. And so, you know, if a guy's like, this is great, like what I would really say probably is work with someone who has a good understanding of the nervous system whether it's a somatic therapist, um, whether that's a coach who who knows this work, which is someone like myself. Um, because the reason why nothing's moving is because we don't feel safe enough for shit to move, mm-hmm. right? And so I'll tell you this right here is, and this is maybe maybe more what you were looking for. And I say this to men all the time. You, you know what puts like, you're like, why is my man not a fucking primal animal? Because he doesn't know how to be gentle to himself. So it sounds counterintuitive, but you create that man who can fuck a woman to God through gentle energy. Interesting. It sounds I totally understand it now that you've just explained it to me, but it does sound very backwards. Yeah, and then so that's why you see this. That's why you see this men's work. They're like, bro, like you, you, you didn't follow through on your commitment. Give me 20 push-ups, you know? And it's like the thing is that that energy is needed, right? That is needed, but let's say. Often what happens is that energy can happen and say a guy's not ready and then he, and he, he just can't handle it. Yeah. Or what it does is it doesn't, it doesn't create the embodied divine masculine. 
So like that men's work stuff creates masculine energy, but it doesn't create divine masculine energy. So this is more of a framework for divine masculine, which are they're very distinct differences, mm-hmm. masculine energy and divine masculine. So masculine's a guy in his masculine, but he's he's not downloading ancient codes in his body. Mm-hmm. But the divine masculine is like that dude's a channel for source. And he's he's gifting feminine. He's like healing the feminine collective through his energy, is what's happening. Right. So a really simple thing is. You have to learn to build a framework of self-compassion. So, and if we think about this, what that's doing is you're actually reclaiming the nurturing mother. So when a guy learns to be gentle, so like, for example, when I work with men, I'm going to be in my nervous system in a way that I'm going to be really soft and grounded and anchored and gentle, right? Because I'm trying, I'm kind of embodying more of a nurturing mother energy. That's where I start. As soon as he gets more comfortable, kind of maybe be a little more challenging, right? But when we're trying to create safety for a system, it's kind of like we're reclaiming his mother's love. Yeah. So that's kind of what happens at the beginning, right? So why is a man not kind to himself? Can't receive his mother's love. And so when he is able to let that in, he's able to change the whole culture and landscape of his body. Right. And Mm -hmm. if he doesn't have that, how is he ever going to receive the love of a woman? How is he ever really going to allow her to come into a space? Right. He's he's not going to feel worthy of it. So like, why can't men be gentle themselves? They don't feel they're worthy of that energy. Mm -hmm. And so when we kind of build that energetic frequency inside, that's when we begin to start to move, right? Because think about this. This is going to be a trippy thing. When a man hasn't healed his relationship to his mom, part of his cock belongs to his mom. And so when he can actually receive his mother's love in a healthy way, whilst being boundaried towards her, his cock no longer belongs to his mom. It belongs to him. And then whatever other feminine energy is going to come along in his space. Wow. Well, I feel like, if that statement doesn't make people want to do this work, I don't know what will. <laughs> like, holy shit. Oh. Like, j- just for the inc- <laughs> the ancestral sentiment alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to get into some of the juicy stuff about men having full body orgasms and all of that. Yeah. But I do first want to touch on a little bit of, because we've been talking so much about like masculinity and femininity. This, I know it's such a buzzword, but like the toxic masculinity. What do you think of that? You know, you mentioned like getting in touch with feeling okay with the softness and like giving yourself that compassion. And I think some people hear that and they're like, am I supposed to go get a pedicure? Like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be more like a woman? How do you recommend navigating all of this? Yeah. So like toxic masculinity, healthy masculinity, toxic masculinity is chasing the illusions of freedom. Healthy, the healthy masculine is free. So we think about, so what is... Death is so closely associated with masculine energy. What is what is what is death? Death is freedom. It's rebirth. So when a man knows death, which is fear, when he has faced and counteracted all his deepest fears in the body, he's already free. This is why you see men chasing power, all these different things, right? And again, as I talked about, what is death? You got to drop into that fucking feminine energy. So when a man is not confronted death, he's actually never confronted his own feminine. And so now. Again, bringing back to that that example is is okay. Um, so, like Jamie, what does that look like? I would say is learning to hang out in your own energy, 
with when you can't feel anyone but yourself. And that means recognizing, and this is very practical, you know, we're all addicts. We all have our things, right? It could be being so busy, right? So for example, the toxic masculine energy is like, he's like being busy to a point of avoidance, right? Over socializing. Um, you know, it could be actual drugs and alcohol, right? Which are the standard, you know, forms of addiction. Um, being uh, a workaholic, which is probably like the most commonly accepted form, particularly with masculine energy, right? We're trying to build a business or a fucking empire. And so it's kind of being able to like hang out our own energy. Like think about it. Masculine energy linear, feminine energy is nonlinear, right? So when a man can live in a space that's more nonlinear, which is like, we're just going to kind of flow today. We're going to be guided by our intuition. Right. So, and also toxic masculine energy can take on so many different forms. It could be a guy that's abusive, or it could be a guy that's gentle, you know, harmless, but really stoic, really kind of shut down. Like, I think not to say toxic, but more um, not integrated masculine energy, right? More unhealthy masculine energy. And, you know, I think that's just the ways that we use linear masculine energy and different ways to avoid stillness with ourselves, right? Where we, and also where we can't feel anything but ourselves, right? You're in the world and that's what masculine energy is all about is you're able to feel like a pillar and you can't fucking feel anything. Like there's no, maybe it's not a, a wife or a spouse, you know, to, to hang on to in a codependent way, right? You just, in your own energy and you feel safe you feel secure when you can feel nobody but yourself that's like the breeding grounds of masculine energy mm. because now what happens you go into a relationship and the truth is is that you're governing by an energy where say you're in love with this woman you know you'd be okay if you guys broke up mm -hmm. i know that sounds kind of fucked up to say but it's like that's like the level of energy we're talking about and also that your mission comes first mm -hmm. you're about opening the world first you're about opening her second mm -hmm. and if she's really in her feminine she wants that right does that make sense totally yeah yeah and it's i i love that you said that last piece about that his mission comes first and she comes second and every woman i've talked to that's what we want at the end of the day, maybe, and maybe sometimes we think that's not what we want, but when, when we're first, we're unhappy. We're like, yeah, like, like this guy's so fucking needy or when well, here's the thing, uh, Kirsten too, right? Like if we're going to talk sacred union or divine union, mm -hmm. like what's the framework of that? And the truth is it goes through God first. It's like, I want her to open to God before me. Mm -hmm. I, I want to come second because then I'm so fucking turned on. I'm like, holy shit. She's just like, out in the world opening and radiant right she's like yeah. building love and connection and there's a light around her that i potentially got nothing to do with i mean i probably have nothing to do with right obviously there's some amplification there but it's just it's her light and her capacity to to open and be in that energy yeah. right and that is like the biggest turn on right just like particularly what she wants to see and what the divine feminine wants to see from the divine masculine death happens and now what's happening that's an ego death but we're trying to recalibrate ego with essence mm -hmm. 
at like the depth of holy energy. And then now what happens? Cause we need ego. We need ego. Um, but we've recalibrated our ego with the holy mission. And now ego is just that we feel worthy of holding this thing. We feel worthy of being of service. And now we go into the world on this mission that was kind of sent by God. That's what happens to sacred union. It goes through God first or else it doesn't work. I would love actually, this is toxic masculinity is something that people talk about a lot. It's like, it feels buzzwordy on the internet. And I'm curious, what's up with the toxic femininity? That's got to exist. Do you have any ideas of like what that looks like or experiences in dealing with that? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. And so like, you know, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, so what would the toxic feminine be? I, so for one, it would be when she hasn't built a masculine frame. And so she's kind of looking for like a man to come and save her, right? So for example, and how I'm going to relate this, say, 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 a feminine woman wants more of a traditional partnership. She's like, I want to be a mom. I want to have babies, which a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Right. Um, but she's never, but that's coming from a place where she's never learned to build a masculine frame for herself. That's a little more of that little girl speaking, you know, where you want her to, you know, you want her to have some type of mission that she's been able to create for herself. Right. Cause that's like, how do we create this inner polarity? Right. So one is that she hasn't developed. It's an underdeveloped masculine frame, which is like, I want a man come in to pay for everything. Um, and sure, it's like got some sexy polarity shit, but it's pretty fucking codependent. Right? So that's one. Another one is an overdeveloped masculine frame where there's no space for a man. There's no space for a man. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, what men are doing when they meet a woman. Can my masculine energy win here? Right. If he's if he's not at, if he's consciously or unconsciously asking himself, what it means is is there space for my masculine energy? And if she's got an overdeveloped masculine frame, there ain't no fucking space for masculine because she's in that space. And the way I relate to that is like it's more it's really nervous system related, right? It's like say a woman's going through her day and she's like kind of a low grade anxiety trying to get shit done. Like that's taken up a lot of masculine energy. And like now when she brings that energy into partnership, he's like, whoa, it's, it's kind of like a bit abrasive and harsh. He wants to feel some soft shit. He wants to feel this, this opening to him, right? Which, which is that she's able to be in her masculine energy, but she's kind of, she's dealt with, she's restored her anger to masculine energy, right? And so, when um, a woman has an underdeveloped or overdeveloped, she hasn't dealt with, um, hasn't course corrected her wounds with masculine energy. And so when that's the case, masculine energy is just going to trigger a lot of different things in her space, right? And so a guy is, is looking, can I, can my masculine energy win in this space? Is she going to be able to receive me? And support my energy and amplify my energy. Because if she, you know, has an overdeveloped masculine frame, she's not going to want the masculine to win. Because it means she's, it means she's going to have to receive. And that's far too confronting, particularly if she's 
say has all this fucking anger to dad who was never there and was a shitty, you know, father and, 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 and never created that safety for her. Right. And if it goes down the lineage line, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, I would say what, what, what is healthy feminine energy? It's an entry point through a healthy masculine frame to her own womb. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is all resonating very deeply for me personally. I've done a lot <laughs> to kind of work yeah. on moving, moving out of that, especially since I, the last relationship I was in, I was like, okay, I need to actually work on this and soften yeah. into this more and feel safe. I think you're so like, it's so true about the nervous system part of it of like, it, that's what's like kind of like driving a lot of action here. Um, so, okay. Let's say that whoever, like someone's listening and they're like, okay, I'm working on my feminine or it's a girl. She's working on her masculine. We're coming into mm-hmm. a beautiful polarity. We've met someone amazing. And now mm-hmm. we're ready to step into what you're describing as this sacred union. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? How do we do that? Yeah. So it's, um, you know, for her being able to receive his energy, right? So like imagining his energy is going to open her more deeply mm-hmm. to herself, mm-hmm. right? And so moving into this more receptivity, I think a big thing, and, and here's this kind of what's coming through me right now, just speaking to this. Okay, so like say like there's an energy of some sacred union, divine union coming through. What would it be like just to allow ourselves? Allow ourselves to hold it, to have it. The problem is that let's say we're not ready. We're not ready to hold the energy, right? So what would the energy of sacred union be? The best way is think of a really healthy nervous system. It's peace, calm, tranquility, but it's fucking vibrancy. It's aliveness. It's like you're regulated, but you're like alive, right? Think about that's like safety and desire intersecting, right? So that's what the energy should feel like, right? And so if we haven't gotten there in our own internal nervous system, it's going to be really confronting, right? It's going to be really confronting. And we think about it, okay, we're moving to a space where our nervous system feels healthier, more regulated. What we're doing is I, we're saying, I'm worthy of feeling this way. I'm ready to allow myself to feel this way. Mm-hmm. And so the sacred union relationship comes, a big entry point of that is, are you ready to allow yourself this blessing to feel this way to receive their energy? Because what will happen is his energy will bring her to a place of ecstasy and her energy will literally inspire him to a point where like he fucking just opens the world. He moves into like his soul's mission, right? Because think about what's really, really happening is there's a major sacral to sacral exchange sacral chakra to sacral chakra Mm -hmm. that's happening. And that is going to create, that's like the motor for energy, right? So it's going to create a huge activation of energy. And so now we have to learn how to move that energy through our body. Mm -hmm. We have to learn to hold that energy in our body. So even if you want to bring to full body orgasms, like I think in sacred union, divine union, you're kind of being asked to learn to hold a frequency of ecstasy all the time in your body. Sounds great. 
Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a it's like a low grade orgasm all the time because it's calm, but there's major activation. And so, to your question of like, okay, the, the relationship's coming. The big thing is going to be able to learning to hold the frequency, right? So, what is um? And so, my work I kind of label as the meeting of the nervous system and energetic capacity and learning to hold large volumes of potent, powerful energy in our system at rest mm-hmm. at calm. Right. And so when this sort of sacred union relationship comes, it's going to be like home in a wild place. It's going to be like earth and sky, you know, it's going to be this duality, this polarity of, you know, heaven and earth meeting, right? So we have to really just learn to hold that energy and not sabotage it, allow it to come into our space and realize that there's going to be an activation or an application from the other pole. And really just recognizing because the energies should flow really well together, right? When we're in sort of a healthy polarity, the energies flow well together and both people are like so activated, but in such different ways. Hmm. And they take that sort of sacral activation and are able to bring it out into the world to kind of do God's work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I answered your question, um, but that's what was coming through. Yeah, no. And I love that because that visual of like taking that out and doing God's work and however people, whatever people believe in, in in terms of that, I, I always feel like there are some couples that I've met in my life who by them being together, they're going out and it's just like this beautiful light that they shine as a result of their relationship together. And it's just really beautiful to be like in that space and to see that and that that exists for people. Completely. So I think with these, like these, um, these holy sort of unions, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a sacral to sacral exchange. That's Mm -hmm. like the divine masculine, divine feminine um, imprinting codes with one another. And think about it. Like that's how the new earth is going to be created. Through the portal that these type of unions open, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'm in the early stages of kind of writing a book about this concept, but it's kind of like that energy begins to create this magic tree, mm-hmm. you know, that it grows roots deep into the earth. And then it grows like these flowers coming up kind of into the sky and into the heavens. Right. And that's just like kind of an imprint of a really healthy system that is able to hold the frequency of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's how it should feel. Right. Mm-hmm. And now this couple goes and creates something that is unprecedented for either one of their lineages because of them meeting. Right. And it brings them deeper into a relationship with source. That's what divine union is about. It it's an amplification, not a completion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I right. think a lot of people think like, oh, once I'm in a relationship, like that's it. <laughs> Dumb, but it's like in a lot of ways, just the beginning of things. It, it, it's just the beginning of everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just the beginning of everything. And so I have this like term for like the path of inner divine union with an individual is becoming your own cathedral. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, for example, the crown chakra won't open until you have a somatic balance between the left and right sides of your body which is a holy union of your inner masculine feminine polarity. And so, Mm -hmm. so the cathedral, this idea where 
we're kind of ready to allow our power is when we come into a balance of our own inner polarity. And that begins to tell us that we're, we're ready for sacred union. Wow. Okay. Okay. And so let's talk about soul altering full body orgasms. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Turn left. Let's go there. (laughs) Yeah. A guy was talking about guy, guy needs to open his ass. Mm. Guy needs to open his ass. I always tell people I'm like in to regulate my system. I always just stick a finger in my ass. Right. Cause it's kind of like, it's the divine masculine version of like sucking your thumb is just putting a finger in your ass just to like ground and regulate your system. But it was like, um, I'll actually tell you even just the story of when my ass opened for the first time. Um, so I couldn't sit down for three months. Basically my ass was in so much fucking pain. My like ass was like burning all the time, you know, thought I had hemorrhoids. Right. So went to the doctor and I'm like, doc, I I got hemorrhoids. You know what I mean? Gotta get me like, like what the fuck's going on? Um, kind of freaking out because at the time I was like a hypochondriac, which I've done a lot. I'm a lot better with now, but I go to the doctor and he's all right. So he's like, you know, you're going to have to bend over. You know what I mean? I was like, what? Okay. You know, never had my prostate checked. And so bent over and he, you know, starts putting on a glove. And so my heart rate rises and I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. And he puts his finger in my ass and starts checking my prostate. And all of a sudden when he's there, I start sobbing like a baby. Mm-hmm. Starts sobbing uncontrollably, like wailing in the doctor's office with his with this doctor's finger at my ass. Yeah. And I realized in that moment that I was purging and excavating. First off, it was my root chakra that was opening. So your root chakra right in your ass, mm-hmm. right? And I was purging and excavating birth trauma. So a lot of the origin I say of my trauma came from when I was in my mom's womb, just with her emotional anxious state with certain different trials um, that she was going through when she was pregnant with me. And so I was just imprinted into all this. And so I came into the world just not feeling safe. Right. And I was like, why, you know, cause there was no like traumatic experience when I was out in the world that had happened. And so in doing that, I was holy shit. When I made that connection, my ass started to integrate and I started to just like feel this bliss in my asshole that started to now move up my entire body. And it was my ass was opening, meaning my root chakra was opening, meaning I actually finally began to feel physically safe in my body. Hmm. And so because, you know, the erogenous zone um, for, you know, a guy is going to be, you know, his prostate, his ass, and also like his taint between his asshole and his balls, Right. Um, like a, you know, a woman presses on that area when she's say giving a blowjob, he's going to fucking come like crazy. Um, but so, and what I'm coming to is like, okay, so this idea of, um, a full body orgasm, what's happening, right. And, you know, there's different, they, they, um, I, I don't know how to say it properly. Taoist, mm-hmm. um, the practice of like, you know, like semen retention, all these different things, you know, diff- different tantric stuff. Um, it's basically when all your chakras align. Mm-hmm. So when all your chakras align, they're spinning in synchronistic fashion. And now what's happening is that energy can circulate through your body. Because think about it like we want to create energy is going to come down. 
And it's going to be like this. It's going to spin like a, this is like the Holy Spirit. Right? And so when that energy is able to circulate through all the chakras, you're able to hold that energy. But the first thing he's got to open his ass. Wow. That was not where I thought this was going to go, but I am like, <laughs> <still> here for it. <laughs> where, where did you think it was going to go? <laughs> I should I, well, you know, I was just open. I was curious. Um, okay. So that would be where you would say to start. Yeah. And so like, so, so what does it mean to open your ass? Right. And this is, it's not even sexual shit. Right. Um, but so how do I open a guy's ass? Like that I'm, and that sounds really weird, but when, when I'm working with him, um, so for example, the root chakra is like right at the tailbone. And so in, say an evil, in a simple somatic practice, light a match at your tailbone and just imagine your tailbone's lighting on fire. But again, what really happens is when a guy starts to unhook these feminine cords, that energy is going into his ass. Because it's his root chakra. He's finally becoming his own anchor. He's finally becoming his own anchor. So he's safe to feel pleasure. He's safe to feel pleasure. What? How does a man feel pleasure? His anger. Why? Because anger builds boundaries. Boundaries create space to feel pleasure. And so now as his anger drops into his cock and his ass, his ass starts to open. And now we can finally begin to feel pleasure there. Right. And so with that anger, like how does one work with that? Because I know a lot of men that I've worked with or talked to struggle with safely accessing that or with, Mm -hmm. you know, having a relationship with their anger in a way that they feel they can access it or that is in a health, like a healthy dynamic. Yeah. So like, you got to start setting fucking boundaries. Like the way you build a healthy relationship anger, every single time you feel it, no matter how small you got to validate that experience. Ooh, that doesn't feel quite right. Text message comes in. You got to validate it to yourself and then, and then have discernment. Do I do something about this? Like does a boundary need to be put in place or is it just about validating this experience is coming up for me? So when men are afraid to access their anger in a healthy way, I guarantee they're not allowing themselves regularly to feel their anger. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this like, oh, shit, like, like I don't have a precedence for feeling that in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you feel it, say you get a text message from from your gal or something and um, something's not quite sitting right. Do you work with that anger right there in that moment or do you kind of skip over it? Because. When we, when we build these little breadcrumb precedences for learning to tap into that and working from that, constructing from those little hits of anger, now our anger becomes safe. Now, we don't have those explosions mm-hmm. because we're doing all that preparatory work, right? So if men are afraid of their anger, it means they're not allowing themselves regularly to feel their anger. They're not tapping into it in more micro moments. Mm-hmm. So they fear this macro explosion, right? And in that anger, that is like, honestly, also, so the ass is really related to birth trauma too. Mm-hmm. So we hold a lot of birth trauma. Um, you know, um, it doesn't allow us to feel sensations there. So when, when a guy's, 
when a guy opens up his ass, he's allowing him, he's opening himself up to sensations of pleasure. And so it all comes from there. So it's like, even now for me, like when I masturbate, like I feel my prostate, like in the top of my head, wow. like my, my whole body feels like a prostate because all that energy is circulating everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like circulating through my entire body. And so with that anger piece is catch the anger early. So much of anger is like we feel a little hit of anger and and we discredit the anger, we invalidate it, we kind of mute it, we're like, uh, like like we we doubt it, right? Because when that anger comes, it's a great time to honor what your reality is. God, this is fascinating. And I and I even am thinking about when you go through the process of opening your ass, of feeling the anger, of setting those boundaries, then that invites in the capacity to have more pleasure. And then completely. Yeah. Yeah. So like ple pleasure, pleasure runs in space. What do boundaries do? They create space. Right. And so think about also our anger is self honoring and self. It's a self construction of space for the masculine energy. Anger is a self construction of a masculine container. Women can, can ask themselves, why does my man not feel like he's a strong masculine container? It's because he doesn't have a relationship to his anger. And so that's where, that's why men are dangerous men who don't allow themselves to feel their anger. Men who feel their anger regularly are safe because they have a container that they honor and they construct. In that, it says, I'm worthy to experience a vibration of my asshole. <laughs> right? And men that don't have that container, they don't have the space to even access that sensation. And because they probably don't feel worthy at some level to construct the space to access that sensation. All right. We all have some ass work to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are, you know, there's a lot of people, um, cause I've done some posts about, um, ass shit on Instagram and people are like, there's like anal mapping and, um, mm -hmm. anal alchemy. And so there's some different courses and programs that, that I've heard about and like, you know, I don't do any direct kind of work with that. I do it more like emotional, energetic work mm -hmm. that I think indirectly opens up the asshole. But it's like, I'll get clients all the time that email me and say, Jamie, ever since our last session, my asshole hurts. And I'm like, mm -hmm. amazing. Love it. It means they're, they're like, I'm just like, my ass feels weird. And I'm just like, it, it, it means they're finally becoming, like what that means is they're finally becoming their anchor. Mm -hmm. Their energies, like think about the ass, it's really far down there, right? Yeah. So it's like that energy's coming, coming down. It's dropping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you're like, I wish you would have? <laughs> um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I think like we covered a lot of territory. I love that we talked about the ass, and also I'll say yeah. this that I I feel that um. All spiritual awakenings or spiritual initiations begin in the ass. I have this like really weird, it's kind of like a half-baked concept that like, like a rim job is where like a spiritual awakening starts because think <laughs> about it. It's like, it's like a, it's like a curiosity. Mm -hmm. You're like, I want this, but like, why do I want this? I don't recognize myself anymore. Mm -hmm. Why am I interested in that? Yeah. And so there's a level of um, curiosity that is kind of peaked with that, you know? Um and, and that's kind of like a half-baked kind of concept. Um, 
And that's kind of what I attribute, like where it began for me many, many years ago. Um, so the ass is important. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have angels in our ass and we need to set those angels free because they're kind of like in a cage and they're like, I need to fucking get out of here. Come on, oh open me, gosh. open me up and let me loose. <laughs> we got to let the angels free. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. gosh. GV, this has been so lovely. I, in light of that last year, I really feel like you're this intersection between poetry and profanity and I love <laughs> it so much. And I would love to, like, if you could share where people can go connect with you, find you, work with you, yeah. all of, like the best places to see you moving forward. Of course. That's a great way to describe me. Poetry meets profanity. I love that. I've never heard that before, but that, feel, that feels very, very accurate. It's like one minute we're being, one minute we're being really nice talking about the angels. And the next minute we're like talking about, I got Satan in my fucking asshole. You know, and it's just, whoa, like we took a sharp left turn all of a sudden. I didn't see that coming. Um, so the best place for them would be my Instagram right now, which is handle jamie.n.ray and that's spelled J A. M-I-E dot N dot R-E-A. Um, my website, which is under construction, depends when this is live, probably by early December. My new website will be live, which will have it's kind of like a one-stop, one-stop shop of all my courses and everything. But that's jamieandray.com. Um, but Instagram would be the best place. Um, because I have I'm leading a workshop at the end of November. I have a live event in Australia in January. And, um, I'm running an eight week online program beginning at the end of January and then always available for one-on-one work. Um, I work with both men and women, um, and online through zoom. And so, yeah, Instagram would be the best way for them to kind of enter my orbit. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like this flew by. I, and I can't wait to share this with everybody. I know everyone listening, (laughs) They're going to love it. They're going to love you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Kirsten, for having me on. It's a pleasure. I'm wishing the best with this podcast and, and let's connect soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Naked Connection. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Trust me on this. Your sex life and that special someone in your life will thank you for it. And if you really love the show, please take a moment and leave a five-star review or a written review and let me know what you think. It would mean so much to me and the show. Until next time, happy connecting.